Yeah, well, that, that's what I have. I haven't gotten it. My, my daughters challenged me to uh, not cut my hair, so I told them I wouldn't. I told my wife, I said, you just wait. I said, it's just You got to be careful. I'm It'll start choke looking, itself out. I'm going to start looking like Eddie Vedder from Pearl Jam. That motherfucker is 185 years old. <laughs> yeah. he still I'll tell you what, sense. you grow that hair out. That's right. The, it chokes itself out. That's what happened to me. I'm convinced. <laughs> It was too much. It was too much stress on the follicles. <laughs> your roots they said, gave hey, <laughs> They just snapped off your head. The follicles you went, Tony? Fuck you, <laughs> Tony. Tony's just jealous because he'd still have long hair if he could if he could grow hair. Dude, I would fucking have just a fucking. I'd look like Fabio, just long locks. <laughs> <laughs> just just a mane of hair blown just out just a fucking mane head. of hair you just <laughs> shake in the wind when you're going down the road i think you'd look more like fucking cousin it to be honest That's probably <laughs> welcome back to the five dirty bikers podcast presented by memphis shades the clear choice for custom windshields and bearings for your motorcycle and wild ass seats stay in the saddle longer and in total comfort no matter your butt or budget are you following the five dirty bikers on social media find us on facebook and look us up on instagram and tiktok at five dirty bikers my mom told me i look like a mountain man i sent her a picture of my hair and she's like jesus you look like a mountain man like thanks mom She's like, You've don't been mountain a man. I'll bring my clippers and my scissors. What did you say? <laughs> You've been mountain men. <laughs> What's the the topic song so for? I can do this graphic real quick. <laughs> I think it should be people that need a haircut. That should be the topic. <laughs> I've got a real job, so fuck it. Anybody have any any anybody have any next plans for their bike? Write it. I hear you, dude. I mean, eventually, I need, to, I need to put the rest of my suspension on. Yeah, I, I have to do an exhaust. It's that some, you know, I got to do a stage two at some point. I legit cannot do anything with my bike right now since we bought a house. I did hear back from one finger. They let me know that they are going to be releasing uh, adjustable uh, levers for the twenty ones and above soon. Oh, nice. good for you. So I'm waiting on the. Waiting I was, on I was the, considering some shorties. Uh, Man, fuck no. those shorties! No, not her not size doesn't matter. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's that is that what you keep you just keep telling thing. yourself? That You're lying. I'm sticking to it. They're Someone lying. told me that back in 1981, and I'm sticking <laughs> to it. They were being nice. <laughs> <laughs> They're being nice. <laughs> <laughs> says says so the lady cute. with a 12-inch merkin on her bed right back there. <laughs> I'll just call this oh. episode Brittany and the 12-inch merkin. this was my criticism uh dustin of of the shorty levers is that they're great for brakes because you don't have to apply much pressure and they're great for quick shifting but if you ever get into a situation where you're stuck in traffic because it's a lever and you have to um the amount of pressure required is shorter on a shorter lever or it's harder on a shorter lever they're harder to pull now, but you have cable levers, don't you? You have cable clutch. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you have cable clutch, you can adjust here. So they might be fine for years. For mine with the hydraulic clutch, they're just a they're just a no go. I like the way they look and I like the way they feel, but 
any getting stuck in traffic and trying to hold that lever down with just two fingers um, with a hydraulic clutch was not was not my idea of a good time. You saying oh. it was too stiff for you? I, I was saying that uh, the forearm pump was real. The, the the stiffness was a problem. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a problem. The, the uh, was was the two fingers the, was it too much pump. or too little with the two fingers? Well, you can't really put three. You can't really put three fingers on there. So you can just well, use they, two. they make a four finger. I saw the four. So fingers. you can either go two or four. Well, the one finger <laughs> levers make a two or four finger. Yeah. But I, I'm talking. I use I used uh, Lucky Speed Shop um, levers, and uh, they were just a two finger lever, and they were not. Uh, I, I really liked them, and they're great build quality. But um, ultimately, the one finger levers that I have now are. are are better they're more adjustable and they're uh they are supposed to reduce the pull by 30 percent. and legitimately i think they i think that's a true statement can i just have confirm, the two were, are we, were we talking about motorcycle parts here yeah okay we are right. are we talking two finger or four finger that's what i keep asking is it motorcycle parts we're talking about did you right. get um, I think I I want to say I got the four finger levers. They're shorter. They're they're pretty. They're a lot shorter. Oh, than you'll stock. know for sure. You won't mistake that. <laughs> Are you sure? I'm pretty sure. I got I got would... big fingers. So I mean, two four. It's, I, I mean, can tell the difference between two and four fingers pretty easily. <laughs> Where. Uh, yeah, you ro- are you rocking uh, some swizzle straws or some fucking Johnsonville brats? Uh, you never know. I mean. <laughs> they're not those they're not those ham hocks that tony's dealing with i'm dealing with the fucking paul brother <laughs> tony's got saint bernard hands <laughs> that fucker's a foot across yeah, that, that, those are some hands that have nailed a lot of trim in their time <laughs> swung swung a lot of wood with that haven't you tony i have <laughs> I shouldn't say swung a lot. You've handled a lot of wood, nailed a lot of trim. <laughs> He's right. Have you seen those TikTok videos? That guy that um, that puts wood on the chopping block. Uh-uh. Have you ever you ever come across that? You know, no. Feed? Uh-uh. Well, Tony should do that with trim and just like fucking talk dirty while he's nailing. Wood will go wild. Go wild. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> <laughs> You all are there's something wrong with you all. <laughs> you just figuring that out? Yeah, there's something wrong with you all. We could bring oh, up that warranty thing too. We could do a two parter. What is that warranty deal? Let's just talk yeah, about that real quick. Okay, you heard the, the what is it? The Magnus Moss Act. It's been around for a long time. It pretty much says that you have to prove beyond the shadow of a doubt that, if, like, say you put an aftermarket part on your bike, that that part caused your bike to to have a failure. That that's been around for a while. I've I see it in all our catalogs we do at work and everything. Well, yeah. So like, if you put an exhaust on, and your fuel pump goes out, right? That mm-hmm. has nothing to do with the exhaust. No. Oh. So they they should cover the the fuel pump. Right. So I mean, automatically now, if you put any aftermarket part on your bike that's under warranty, it's automatically void. Well, I think no, no, I don't think that's necessarily true. They changed that a couple of years ago to if so, if you put aftermarket pegs on your on your bike and your engine blew up, that has those two things are exclusive, so they're not going to avoid that's not going to avoid your warranty, right? But I think I think I, it's I think, like engine work. I know right. that a tune 
void your warranty. Or or tuner pipes, I think, to Dustin's point, pipes yeah. would have vo- vo- voided the war- the engine warranty. Now, my understanding of of this, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Dave, because I think you've read up on a little bit more. My understanding is, is that there was a ruling passed that, that basically said that as a consumer, I'm allowed to take my motorcycle to someplace other than Harley and have work done to it. And that should not void my warranty any longer so that it makes it more of a competitive marketplace for third party vendors outside Mm -hmm. of Harley dealers. Yeah. I mean, this, this is, this is the crux of it. Right. And this is why, and this has been all over YouTube here this week. Right. And everybody's been all over it. Yeah, you got you got people going. Oh, I'm gonna go put parts on. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna add this. I'm, this is not what it's about. It's not. It's it's not about you can put anything on your bike and and Harley must you know um, keep the warranty in effect. It's simply it's all about right to repair, right? And it's not just motorcycles. It's not just Harley Davidson. I mean, you know, we've gone through this with Apple recently. Um, you know, it's there. The FTC is kind of locked in on right to repair from a consumer's perspective uh, across the board right now. And that's what this is. So my, my bike breaks down. Harley will tell you, I guess now, or before last week, in order to, to make sure to keep the warranty intact, in you had to take it to one of their authorized dealers or authorized technicians. And what this ruling <laughs> is, is that you should be able to take it to any third party reputable right certified you still have to you can't take it to jimmy bob down the street Mm -hmm. right that's working out of his garage it has to be a legit service provider and they should be able to repair your bike okay so is there is there some sort of determination or stipulation of what a legit service provider is then that would be my next question well i think that's all going to come out in the wash i mean i think this thing's out for comment right now for like 30 days okay yeah uh, i believe that was right but it'll all come out in the details. But all these people that are jumping on the the bandwagon, waiting, you know, or just they're they're just they're, they're, there's something wrong with them. There's something wrong with them. You know, I mean, you can't you can't go take it to some Joe Schmo that just bought a toolbox at Home Depot, right, and have him work on your your bike. And you can't get like knockoff parts that aren't up to spec and throw on your bike and expect that any business, whether it's Harley or whatever, is going to be forced to um, maintain the warranty on it. So if, if my understanding is correct, then this would be handled the same way that the car industry handles it, which is if you own a Chevy and you bring it to your local gas station that has a mechanic shop, they have to be certified to repair that particular vehicle. And if they are, they're going to give you a receipt saying that your repairs were done by a certified Chevy mechanic and that your warranty stays intact. Because my understanding then is that this allows these third party dealers to do warranty and service work for for said said, you know, motorcycle. Correct. Yeah, well, it, it allows them compete yeah. to compete. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I would imagine. So, right. Yeah. My question is, is, why would you take it to a third party? With all well, the Harley dealers cost. that are, I know, but the thing is, is, I mean, personally, I don't know of a certified Harley tech around here, except for the Harley dealers. I think that's part of the problem. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I people mean, people don't know, Harley's drowning out the air on, yeah, Harley's drowning out the air on who could work on their bikes. So people aren't really looking. Yeah. yeah. That's what, that's what I was going to say is if, 
if it wasn't allowed, why would anybody take the time to get certified to work on it anyways? So now yeah. you would see more places, I would think, get certified. I mean, I've got a shop two and a half miles down the road. It's a guy and his son. And, and man, they're always working on some amazing looking bikes. But, you know, I'm pretty sure that if I took my bike there to get service, not that I would, but if I did, so it probably would be covered. Let's say uh, John Maxwell, certified Harley, Harley tech. tech. Yeah. Hmm. Opened his own shop. Yep. Would he can be considered a oh, certified Harley to, technician? You want to call him real quick? Let's call him real quick. Hey, John. <laughs> yeah, we haven't I mean, talked I, to him in a while, anyway. I, yeah. I think I think they'd have to. I mean, but we'll, we'll look at my situation. Our local Harley dealer closed, right? So there's one shop in town. But if I bring my bike over there and say I want to get my 25k service, they follow the manual and do the service as as would a any 25k done on my bike in the dealership yeah i would trust there's people out there that own shops that i would trust to work on my bike i'm just saying they're not certified harley techs right right and i think and i think that uh to me bringing your bike to a legitimate shop is also way different than bringing your bike to you know uh bob's you know bob's place down the block in his garage that he has a motorcycle lift and he does this after, you know, after it gets off, after it gets off work at the, uh, you know, the local beat plant. What's that? <laughs> beat plant? That, would that be the jerk off palace, Percy? Would that be the jerk off that, palace? That could be. That could be. <laughs> the beat plant? Was, that, was that the beat it? Did he say the beat it plant? Is the that beat what? plant. See, see, you guys are so, you guys are so out of touch. You guys are so. Why are we out of touch? Because we're staying away from the beet plant. Uh, like, <laughs> uh, you're all the sugar that's that's distributed in the Midwest is is uh, made in sugar beets up here and manufactured and distributed right out of the, our area of the country, where I live. So you guys are to blame for all the sugar. So we so we actually do have a thing called a beet plant. They process sugar beets. Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, that, we don't. We is don't that near the supper club? Here, it's not. It's not. It's the beet plant is, is not by the uh, not, not by the Wiener <laughs> Palace or the. Or the jerk off palace, or is the, it by the come know. and go? There's, there's usually a come and go down the block. There's sometimes there's they're close to a pump and munch. So you go too. to the come and go, and then you go to the beat it for sugar. Yep, yep. You, you know you can stop at the pump and munch if you if you're thirsty. The other gourmet coffee is only served with um, beet beet sugar. Only served with the two, best beet two pumps and low beet sugar. Yeah. <laughs> You can you can get you, you two pumps and a twist and you have yourself some beet sugar. What the fuck is Tony doing on the bat phone over there? <laughs> it looks like he's taking an important call. Is that the Joker? It could be. The cock signal went up in Louisville. Yeah. <laughs> the cock signal yeah, went up. The, the big shadow of the cocks up in the sky. <laughs> Commissioner Gordon, get Coxman out here. <laughs> I answer the phone and I come back to just just saying, dude. We just saying who was on the Cox phone. <laughs> oh, that was the other Cox. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that that I think that's the crux of that. Uh, that service or that so it's the, it's the FTC, you, right? Since we're talking about warranty, it seems like every dealer has different requirements about your warranty. So, like, there's a dealer here. I'm not going to mention any names, but they just started. If you do not do the thousand mile service with them, they won't honor your warranty. Hmm. See, that's ever- what I I thought this whole deal that's out there was going to basically 
make them stop doing that? Because it seems like every dealer has their own system or requirements. I feel, I, I feel I think, a little bit like that might be lip service, right? Because I don't know that they can. I don't. I don't know for sure. Now I'm. This is. I'm speculating, but. I don't know that they can just say that they're not going to honor your warranty on your motorcycle if you don't bring your bike to do the thousand mile service. Now, because there are dealers that will do work to your motorcycle and they do it on their dime because they want to keep your business. I mean, I know that there's yeah. dealers out there that do that, that even if you void your warranty, they're going to still do work to your bike um, because they want to keep your business. I mean, I, I can see them saying, if you don't do your 1,000 mile service, then we're going right. to void your warranty. Right. Yeah, you know, but I, but I think this is part of what this FTC thing's about, right? Is it, it shouldn't matter who does your 1,000 mile maintenance. No, 1,000 mile maintenance they, is oil. Certified, know what they're doing, right? Now, right. okay, but hold on a second, because I read something one time that said if you took your owner's manual of your motorcycle, and so you have your thousand mile because they do all the checks for your thousand mile. And then you have your 5,000 mile, which is basically just fluids. And if you buy the fluids and you document that in your owner's manual and you put that receipt in there, that that counts as you changing your own fluids can count as a service. My understanding yeah. is that, that that still works, but you have to document that in your owner's manual and save that receipt of the, right. of all the fluids and everything that you put in your bike. And my understanding is that still works. Yeah, I think in any case, you have to prove you've done the maintenance. Correct. Right. I don't think it fucking matters because most everybody anyway puts an exhaust on it and an air filter and fucking tunes it. And your warranty's fucked anyway. Depends on who your dealer is, but yeah. Yeah. Right. And mm. I still think that is uh, people are wrong in, in that there still has to be some type of restriction about what you can do to your bike as far as modifications to maintain the warranty. And I don't care if it's motorcycles or, or what. I mean, just think about it. If you, you start a company, you're selling widgets. Somebody buys a widget and they go fuck it up by adding some third-party widget shit on it, right? And it breaks. <laughs> and they come back to you and they go, hey, Mr. Cox, I need you to fix my widget under warranty. You're going to tell them to go fucking pound sand, right? Yeah, Pound sand. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's, there has to be some type of compliance with specifications and all this stuff. It's just, it's just I, I mean, you know, the thing that I don't, here's the thing that I get. Harley offers an entire line of performance parts. I'm not saying yeah. they're bad. I'm not saying they're great, but there's other companies out there that offer the same performance part that may be better. So how can installing a better part on your bike void the warranty? If it's question. not within the specifications and the tolerance levels, it could it could cause problems elsewhere in the engine. Yeah. Right. So, and again, if if you've got a customer and they go and they put something in and and it, it's not within the tolerance specifications or it doesn't meet the performance specs, it fucks up something else in the engine. Why wouldn't you hold the customer accountable? Yeah. So, oh, I mean, let, let me ask you this then, because this is this would be a good analogy. Maybe you guys know, and maybe you don't. So say you go out and you buy a uh, straight-off-the-line Jeep Wrangler, okay? And then you take that Jeep Wrangler that's brand new and under warranty, and you put a 5-inch lift kit on it and big tires, and you make it, you turn it into a rock crawler. And, and your then, warranty's fucked. And then a month, down the a month down the line, your transmission goes out because, you're, because you did that. Could you bring your, that... that jeep back to the dealer and have and expect that they're going to replace the transmission if you did to me i'd tell you to pound sand 
Well, I, but I, I mean, isn't that the same? Isn't that the same analogy, though? I mean, isn't that what we're speaking of? Well, or, according to that Magnus Moss act, on and take it up there and say it broke. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, like the Magnus Magnus Moss act says, they have to prove without a shadow of a doubt that those upgrades are what caused that transmission to fail. Sure, but then you're bringing it back to the person who's got to honor the warranty or not honor it. And, and and they're going to give you their word of whether or not that they can follow through with that warranty, right? So, I mean, I think that still that still takes the power out of your hands as the consumer. Well, your your, your example was too extreme, right? Because I mean, if you do that to your truck, yeah, you're voiding all kinds of shit. Yeah. So, right? but, no, let's take that. let's take the oil pump for instance on Ryan's bike. Ryan's yep. bike is known to have a bad oil pump build yep. the first year. Yep. Yep. For sure. You put an SNS oil pump in it which is proven to be a better oil pump. Yeah. And say something goes wrong with the heads or the cylinders or something like that. Would they void the warranty even though you you replaced the oil, the oil pump with something better that actually worked? Good yeah. Question. I, the, is there, is, is good there question. a way is there a way to prove that that oil pump caused the failure though? Yeah, I I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know either. That's what. But they I have also to prove that that's pretty much what they have to prove, right? And I think, and I think, doesn't it doesn't it allow for fair competition though? It allows yes. you to be able to choose where you mm-hmm. want to have your service done, if you want to have it done at a local shop or you want to have it done at the dealership. Yeah, right. but, but, but you're mixing come... you're mixing issues here though, right? Are we talking about modifying a product? We're so far fucked. We don't even know right. what we're talking about. That's too, <laughs> too, and and I think that's the issue with this. What people are talking about with this FTC ruling. Is they're mixing a whole bunch of stuff up into this when it's just really about fairness and competition and consumer rights to repair. Right. So really, it's a it's it's what it's it's where it's allowing you to take your your perspective vehicle to be serviced. That you yeah. Have because that I mean, think service. about it. If you take it to a guy and he's a certified technician and he puts some piece of shit part on it, right? That that's not up to spec. What's going to happen then? But so, like for instance, here's my situation: my Ford truck. I can take this motherfucker to any Ford dealer in the U.S. And they're going to yep. fix it for free. Yep. No yep. questions asked. I'm going to take it in. This is broke. I'm under warranty. They're going to fix it. I'm going to drive out. Okay. You can't do that with a Harley. Are you sure, though? If you have a, if you have a Harley ESP warranty, I think you can ding it, bring it to any dealership. But, I mean, if you have a two-year warranty on your Harley and say that I bought this son of a bitch in fucking, I don't know, Georgia – Right. Yeah. And I take it to bluegrass. I guarantee yeah. you they're not going to do the warranty work on it. I, I think they have to. I think I mean, they have because to. Because that's, a, that's a Harley. That's not a dealer warranty. See, so this is where it gets really hinky. Right. Because that what you're talking about is not a dealer warranty. It's a Harley Davidson warranty. It's a Harley. But what I'm saying is like, for instance, that particular dealer says if you don't do the thousand mile service, they won't honor the warranty. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. that. Would yeah, fly. I don't. I don't think so. I don't think they how can do does that. that work? You know what I mean? I, yeah, I, don't, I don't think they can I do don't that. Think that'd fly. Yeah. But where it really gets crazy though is when you throw in the dealer warranties, right? So like I, I've got a, I've got a dealer warranty with my car, or my car, Jesus, with my with my bike. Uh, that as long as I have them do the work, I can do whatever I want with my bike. They cover it. They make sh- make sure the warranty stays intact. It's a it's a dealer ESP, not a Harley ESP. Now what happens when I'm on the road? And something and something breaks down. Now with this dealer, 
I have a card with a number that I give to the local dealer there that they contact and they say, yeah, do the work. It's covered. Right. But once you get into that territory, I think there's all kinds of issues that come into play. And I don't think there's a lot of consistency. Sure. Yeah. That's why I guess Harley's going to have, they're supposed to be fixing their warranties because of all this. So it should be a blanket across the whole dealership line. Well, this isn't just Harley. This is just, I mean, this, this is going to be far reaching. This decision oh, yeah. is going to going to hit a lot of industries and a lot of manufacturers. Yeah, Harley was in the headlines, though. Yeah. So, that's like a main point of. Well, I think I, if I'm not mistaken, I believe that the FTC is taking action on this because of a complaint that was filed against Harley. Right, so mm-hmm. that's why that's why the Harley name's attached to it. But obviously, but it's not exclusive. Yeah, it's not exclusive to Harley. That the uh, ruling the lang- is not exclusive. The, the language is. Because it's, okay. it's addressing that specific complaint, at least the language as I read it. But again, it sets precedent, and I think it's going to be applicable. I mean, people, they're salivating right now going after Apple, you know, and, and sure. wanting, wanting something on, done over right to repair for like Apple products. I think that's interesting because I've never had a single problem with my Apple products. They've all been flawless. I have, but I usually fix them myself because I don't need the FTC. Yeah, I mean, I had an Android one time, but it only lasted me about three months, and then it got oh, that. I, I had <laughs> I had three of those. I threw the last one out the fucking window. <laughs> I switched to the iPhone after that. Yeah, the fucking best Android. The, the best thing about that Android is I liked how it talked to me when I turned it on when it when it said that made that funny Android voice and it sounded like a robot. Like, were you were you dressed up when you turned it on? Was that Kim that turned it on, or was that no, you? no, 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 no? This was way this was way before that. This was way before Kim came out. Did you say Gimp? Kim? Kim. No, Gimp. no, we know. We know the Gimp hasn't come out. We can't out of the see the Gimp yet. anymore. He's in the closet behind well, the screen. That's that's why Brian. That's why Ryan put that screen up. Dude. Yeah, it we is. can't see the Gimp anymore. It's true. Mm. Well, I think we. I think we sewed that up. I think we figured out. You know what the what the situation is with that. It, it clears it up because I think to to your point though earlier, Percy. I think that. Um, it was a hot budget button top topic. I called it nuclear today earlier, but I think really what it is is you have a, a lot of uh, specifically content creators that are looking to, um, to, you know, put that magic thumbnail out there. That's going to, that's going to draw people in. Oh yeah. You know, I, I think yeah. that's the, I think that's the biggest thing because I got to get the video out first. People, well, like people, love, to people love to hate. People love to hate. They yeah. love to hate and they, and, and, you know, it's like the million dollar Bogan thing. Remember we went through like three weeks in the, of, yep. of YouTube where everybody was on that bandwagon and, and anytime anything goes, goes on that people can like complain about a brand or whatever, it's just jump on the bandwagon. I've never seen people so passionate about a brand in my life. I have. As hardly. Every, every have you really, every industry. I, hey, every, I see you guys talk about Apple every day. Every industry. <laughs> has one i mean apple and, and microsoft for you know well i mean years, like vehicles. Know, vehicles vehicles same thing dude when i grew up you were either a chevy family or a ford family yeah see i could give a fuck like when the new fords <laughs> or chevys come out i, I can know. give a shit oh, you know yeah. what i mean no, it's like South, when i need a new one i'll go down ass. there and get it but i don't give a shit but boy these fucking motorcycles when they come out I'm like glued to the computer. What's going on? What are they doing yeah. this week? It's the well, same oh, thing with comic, comic books, man. 
Marvel or DC been going on for decades, you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's a passion. It's, it's, it's passion cameras. Driven. Some of you fuckers actually use Canon cameras. I don't know why, but it's camera and icon. <laughs> well, there's still, we that all know one, the right there's still that icon. one Nikon user, Percy. <laughs> 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 that one Nikon user still out there. I hear you. I think I look pretty fucking crispy tonight on this Canon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. With, with your Canon color palette. <laughs> Fuck! Like I'm the on color. the I'm on the Apple. Uh, <laughs> Tony's, on the, Tony's on the Tony's on the American Pie Logitech cam. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Brittany's on the Logitech with the Merkin. Hey, mine there. looks better than Tony's. <laughs> wow, I'm on the built-in <laughs> webcam. Ooh. Wow, yeah, what Instagram sees, what we really see. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. The fashion dynamo. <laughs> fashion dynamo. God damn it! All right, so we're like- talking. We're talking about content creators. Let's jump into something here. So we've all got channels. We've all have experience in doing this whole content creator thing. So let me ask you guys. We're We're twofering. If you would start this whole thing over, knowing what you know now, what you didn't know then, and you say you started fresh, brand new from scratch, what would you do different? Would you do anything different? Mm. And don't say you wouldn't. I would not hamstring myself into just motorcycles yeah i would have made it a much broader channel uh because honestly when you do motorcycle stuff and you try to do anything else it it doesn't take and you guys can probably you know vouch for that too oh, but yeah yep i wish i would have you know I, I use jeremy for for instance he does anything and everything he wants and that keeps content fresh and exciting and you want to do it. Uh, at least for me, it seems that way because one day you could talk about motorcycles. The next day you can talk about grills. The next day you can talk about fucking whiskeys. I mean, you can, you can keep it fresh with the motorcycle content. There's only so much you can do. Especially if you only have one bike in the garage. Yeah. Especially if you only have one bike or even if you have multiple bikes, I mean, there's only, you know, it's a fucking bicycle with a motor on it. If you got a, if you don't have a big pocketbook either, it makes it even tougher. Yeah, it makes it even, mm-hmm. it makes it even tougher. My problem was, is I got burned out. I mean, I just did. I got tired. I got burned out of doing motorcycle stuff, motorcycle videos. It felt like I was doing the same thing over and over again, mm-hmm. just on a different bike or a different part. So you stopped doing that and you started a podcast to talk about motorcycle shit? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) But it's different, though, because, I mean, here we are talking about content creation. We're talking we talk about a lot of different things. And there's four other people that here that all have different opinions. So it is fresh and new every week. It's not the same thing. Yeah. At least it doesn't feel it doesn't feel repetitive to me. But when you're on your own doing videos by yourself, I mean, you can only install an air cleaner on so many fucking bikes. Yep. You know, you can only install an exhaust on so many bikes and you're just you're beating the dead horse after a while. Well, we all know install videos are the worst anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, what would you have done? Oh man. I don't know. You know, I've really been thinking about uh, actually about this a lot lately. I I think um I think I would have stuck tr- more true to what I intended to do with the um with the channel, but I would not have, uh, I would not have done the mask deal. I think, I think that that really caused me a lot of problems. And the fact that I, 
I actually cared what people would think that I didn't give a shit about in the first place, you know, but I was trying to kind of protect things by hiding behind a mask or whatever. Sure. But that, that got old very quickly. And then over time I got away from what I actually wanted to do with the channel. And like Tony just said, it got into being primarily about motorcycles. I, I, yesterday I rode around for three and a half hours trying to do a vlog and I actually redid it three times. And when I, at the end of the day, when I got home, I deleted all the footage because I just couldn't, I, I couldn't get anything that was in rhythm. Did it, did you feel it ruined that ride that day? It did. It did. I didn't really enjoy the ride. And I got lost and got on a fucking gravel road that went on for like a mile and a half that pissed me off. Um, oh, I've seen one of them before. <laughs> Good Lord. I thought for sure I was going to bite it. Um, was there a jack shack right by? There was no shack nowhere near. There was just a drop off. But um, but yeah, no, I mean, it, it's and that I think that's part of the thing, too, is because everything is so motorcycle geared, right? It now you're creating content either on a bike or about a bike or bikes. Um, and it really kind of takes the enjoyment away. Mm-hmm. That's my two cents. Yeah. I'm, uh, that, that's where I'm at too. I mean, don't get me wrong. I still want to, and I still enjoy, I think to make motorcycle content. I just like to make something different. You know, I've done, I don't know what three or four stage ones, you know what I mean? Yeah can't do any more stage ones you know what i mean maybe uh you know who knows we'll see well i mean i ryan brought up a really good thing uh a few weeks ago and we were kind of talking i forgot what the topic was but ryan you were talking about like one of your favorite videos that i ever did was probably one of the ones that i enjoyed most doing when the pandemic started and i was just going around dc and i sat on the steps of the lincoln uh, memorial and just and just talked and i really i really enjoyed that it's one of my worst performing videos ever i i'm yeah. actually uh y- using that and some other content i've i've watched and uh if i do start actually making content uh, on the motorcycle again i'm completely shifting my focus away from um like a moto vlog into a uh, more of a storytelling kind of situation mm-hmm. and that's what i would have started doing in the very yeah. beginning I would have documented my time on my motorcycle as something that strictly would have been as if I was talking to my kids 20 yeah. years from now. That's what I would have changed. all, And all of my content would have been me telling my story to my kids. Um, and, and I wouldn't have cared how the videos performed. None of that would have mattered to me because I would be documenting that. And, and I'm not talking about necessarily making every video like a movie or super like you know, cinematic or whatever, obviously I want to learn and create and get better, but that would have been, and it still might be how I shift my content to strictly storytelling. And that would have added a, it'll make, it would make moto camping and bringing content into moto camping more interesting and more fun for me to do it as a storytelling, because half of the fun of a motorcycle camping trip is not the ride it's the camaraderie and the, right. and that's what I want to be able to try to convey in that content is not the necessarily the droning miles to get there it, because there is that on every long trip. There's a portion of every long trip where you're droning through the miles, right? But it's not really about those. It's about those stolen moments of time where the real stories come from, where the real fun comes from, where the love of all of it comes from. 
And that's what I'm going to try to find. I'm going to try to find that. That's because that's um, my, that's one of my goals. I think in the next couple of years is to, to shift my content back to um, when I told you guys before that I wanted to document my time on motorcycles. Um, I want to shift my content back to something that's a little bit more personal and a, and a lot less focused on views. You know, I, let's, let's talk, let's talk about that because that's, I've really, I've really kind of been, had my head in the same space for probably three months now of, I tried to do a little bit about a little bit of that type of an approach when I was in Singapore and just <clears throat> for whatever reason, couldn't pull it off. One of my favorite videos you ever did was how you got your name. Yeah. I mean, I, well, and, I, and I, and I think those are, that's the kind of content that I want to get back to doing. Right. And that was and I think that's where you can make a moto vlog interesting because the story is what draws somebody in, not where you're riding to. Because if you if you remember that day, it was dreary. Um, part of it was in a parking lot that I was yeah. pulling out of a parking lot next to a like a, a hospital that was closed over the weekend. I mean, there was all kinds of things that made that pretty much the worst moto vlog ever. But it was a story that drew people in. Yep. And I think that one um, was also the Memorial Day ride because that's when I planted the flags and my daughters thought that they could hear me crying in my helmet um, because my wife and my daughters watched it and they all were bawling in the car. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I just I, I want to get back to to I want to get back to something that's a little bit more personal to me and not necessarily personal, always deep, just something that opens up that door a little bit and just lets, you know, lets a little bit of that in so that people understand why, maybe understand why I love motorcycling because I don't think it's what people think it is. Yeah, good point. All I know is Dustin up there made one of the best videos I've ever seen. Oh, hands down, man. Hands down. And it got no love on YouTube Yeah, because it wasn't really motorcycle-related. But as far as creation goes, it was one of the best ones I've ever Gosh, seen. That 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 was an award-winning video. Yeah. Well, 100%. thanks for that. Uh, it was. We, we've talked about this before, but it, it's one of those passion projects. It's just fun because it's where I grew up. You know, yeah. I li- I live by this every day, and I don't take it for granted because you don't see that stuff everywhere in the country anymore. It's kind of an old-time thing that they've preserved around here that. You know, I kind of wanted to share with everybody because, you know, with with COVID, they did really, really good. They were getting all these brand new movies at the at the drive-in over here that they couldn't get in the indoor theaters because they were closed. So they were getting all the brand new movies that were coming out, and they were kicking ass over there. Now things open back up. I mean, they're still doing well, but uh, it's just great to see that there's still something like that that still exists that people, you know, even grand grandparents can share with their grandkids. The other oh, one that Dustin did video. that that was a that was a great video was uh, his MMM recap in oh, 2018. I was going to say that too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, that one yeah. And, and that one was it, it was you you combined all the footage you needed a voiceover and and you did such a great job I think conveying how that felt to be there mm-hmm. and those are the kind of videos that I think about when I think about what I would like my content to move towards. I'll tell you what, you know what the most fun I've had in a long time making. My my, my new intro. No, my seven second intro that I just that I just did. Did you guys have you guys seen the new intro that I did? Mm-mm. I haven't watched your latest video yet, but yeah, my, so I, I have a new intro that I did a while ago, and I think I've had it on two or three videos. That's the most fun making that intro and like recording it and going through the process was the most fun that I've had in probably a year making content. Right, but here's because the it, here's the challenge because I know you you probably put a shit ton of time in on that, right? 
You know, um, more, more than you normally do with one of your talking head videos. It was a full, yeah, it was a full afternoon of filming. And then, and then probably I'd say three or four hours of editing for, for seven seconds. And herein lies the rub because wow. every one of us at some point have gotten caught up in that whole, I have to get a video out. I have yeah. to do two videos yep. a yeah. week. I have to be consistent. I have to release it at the same time. And, and you, you, I, I don't think you can do both. I just right. don't, I don't think you no. can be creative and, and do the storytelling thing and, and produce something that you're passionate about while you're also thinking, fuck, it's nine o'clock on Sunday night. I have to get a video out by seven 30 right. tomorrow morning. Yep. Yeah. Well, I, I think really, if I was to do it over again, I would do it on stuff that I was interested in and I wouldn't worry about the numbers. It take, it sucks the fun out of it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, one of yeah one of the things for me was I, I spent the time looking at the numbers because I put so much work in videos and you kind of yeah. want to see you want to see that right. pay off. Yeah. But when it doesn't, you know, you think like, holy shit, I'm terrible at this. I don't know what I'm doing. And, you know, doing all the SEO from from the first from day one, uh, trying to do new and exciting camera angles, trying to make sure my audio's tight, and I I, I don't I don't know what I could have done different, but. I do know that if, it, like, say I started all over, and I don't really believe in the butterfly effect thing, maybe to some extent, but I think I would have spent more time focusing to build my channel as big as I could, because I know, like, a lot of us did the support NBC thing, which was awesome. You know, we right. got to meet a lot of good people. If it wasn't for that, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have been able to meet the people we have. Right. But I think maybe if I would have spent a little more time learning new filming techniques, just trying to get better every video that if I could have grown from that probably got to a point to where if I was big enough to where if I could help somebody, another creator doing shout outs or whatever to where it would make a difference because I don't like to make a small impact. I like to be, I, mean, I like, I like to make a big impact, especially when helping people. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, you, there you go. <laughs> so that's probably, that's probably one of the things I would have done different. And like, like you said, they don't, don't worry about the schedule thing and just have fun with it. Yeah. Cause we, you know what I've realized and, and I know you guys will appreciate this. I mean, you know, with the podcast and everything, I don't have the time that I had when I was just doing the YouTube channel. So I, I mean, immediately with the podcast, I lost 50% of the time I had to work on the YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. My growth numbers haven't changed. They're right. still, they're still steady. Right. As when I was putting out two videos a week, and focusing on the YouTube Dude, channel. I'm not, I'm not sorry it. for that though, because think about for me, this has fueled so many more things that I oh, have yeah. been passionate about than, than the YouTube is. And that's, and that's why I think I want to get back to the whole reason why I was doing YouTube to, to begin with, which was to tell a story about motorcycling. Yeah. yeah. Nope. I'm, I'm I you. literally haven't made a video in one year in my <laughs> revenue and subscribers have not changed. In one year, That's as far as like actually. deviating, I've gotten paid the same amount of money every month. And you're still growing at the same rate. And I'm still growing at the same rate. And I haven't made a video in a year. Yeah. Hey, what the fuck is on your face? It's a little sun, <laughs> a little sunlight coming in. Okay. All right. Yeah, you're welcome. It's the yeah. Kentucky sunset. <laughs> yeah, no. For the, for those that, for, the, for those of you that can't see the video, because this is an audio podcast. Tony's yeah. face is really fucked up right now. Just yeah, no, just, I'm not, I got too. no fire. I'm on, I'm on, I'm goddamn 
You're in interrogation. Wait, 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 wait. I thought you said you were in the basement. I am. You were in the basement and you got the sun coming in on your head. Well, I got that fucking walkout door. Yeah, he's got the walkout basement. It's the piss door. That's where he goes to take a piss into Mr. Biagi's yard. Right. But no, I mean, I don't You know, I just said that you all fucked me up. I lost my whole train of thought. But I'm just saying that I haven't made a video in a year. And my stats yeah. haven't gotten any worse. You know what I mean? So it's like. Well, can you put up a short that says, go see being here now with Percy? Quit looking yeah. here. <laughs> Send those people over my way. Well, I think and you I think- guys are on to something with the the trying to publish everything regularly because it does. It adds like a layer to it where you, you're not as creative. You're just trying to get shit done. Yeah. What, what's your process there, Brittany? I, I'm like really quiet on this because I don't know. I haven't really been doing it very long and I'm in a similar boat to you, Percy. So like, I feel like once I joined the podcast, even though we only record one night a week, typically, I still feel like I don't have as much time as I used to have. Um, and then you're, you're trying to focus on this and grow this to where you're just kind of like, oh, the YouTube stuff can wait, you know, it's, it's not as important. Okay, well, you've, given up, you've given up on your viewership. So, again, put up a short that says, please go see being <laughs> here now with Percy. I mean, I haven't given up, but it's this. I don't want to be stuck in that process of just putting videos out there to put videos out there. And that's that's where I feel like I'm at right now is I haven't been able to think of stuff that's like that someone's going to want to watch or is meaningful to put out there. Well, let me ask hard. you this. It, nobody wants to just listen to you talk about nothing, yeah. you know? Let me ask you this. What made you want to start a channel? I wanted... <laughs> I, I just that, Tony. That. <laughs> wow. That was real? That, that, was, that was not a sound effect from the Tony just shit his Tony. Wow. You're welcome. Uh, that was a wet one. There's another one. Um, <laughs> That's what happened. His own face turned red on that one. Man, <laughs> you, guys, you guys can't see this, but Tony actually... It looked like he was leaning to get out of the sunlight in his face. That was not why he was leaning. <laughs> he had to make wow. room. Yeah. You'll, go, you'll go blind either way. Get hey, man. To, let's get back to Britain. I had some no, pressure. No more of that. <laughs> um, I started, a lot of the reason I started was because I wanted to encourage other females to get out there and be on a motorcycle. I feel like when I started riding, um, because I'm a, a, like a petite person, a lot of people thought it was ridiculous and that motorcycles would be too big for me. So I really wanted to just encourage people to try things that they wanted to try and not listen to other people. Tony, she said, fuck you, fuck you, and fuck you, fuck you. <laughs> she sure did. And she's like three feet taller than Tony, so that's kind of ridiculous. That- Not true. We're almost the same height, but Tony has really stubby legs. I do. Sorry, but you do. We stood next I to do. each other by the same bikes, and I'm like, how are your legs so much shorter than mine? I don't understand this. I have short legs, God damn it, Alligator yeah. legs, I'm telling you. <laughs> No, I, I think the I think what I'm what I'm quickly learning and finding out about myself is I, I need to I, I need to start making the content that I want to make um, because I think like all of us I got caught up in the numbers and you know you you make a video and all of a sudden it, it explodes and you think you found this magic formula and uh, um, and then you start playing to the magic formula and you get away from you get away get from away what, from, what yeah. you want to make and the content you yeah. want to make and 
you know, I started, I started my channel with the content that I wanted to make and, but it was moto vlogging, right? Well, mm -hmm. now I have more skills. And so now I need to translate back to that. Right. So now I've put my face in front of the camera. I've done talking heads. Now I need to put those skills together and be able to do both of them in a way that's creative and interesting and tells a story. So, um, which is going to take obviously more thought, but I think it's going to be a much more rewarding process for me. And hopefully content that is going to be, um, is going to be something that I'm going to like to, to enjoy to make. And, and maybe people will want to watch it. And if they don't fuck them. Tony, I think I found your new content. Dude, that just That's made my eyes <laughs> Damn, you But no, Ryan's right. I mean, let's take let's take the podcast for instance. We when we started this thing, we weren't going after numbers. Yeah, we were doing it because we enjoyed doing it and we were having fun hanging out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know what I mean. It was organic. Yeah, and uh, I mean, we never dreamed that we'd be in a position that we are today. True you know, doing this podcast. And it really wasn't even our goal to do that. Right. It just mm -hmm. kind of happened, you know? And I, I think that, I think when you make genuine content, I think that's what happens. Well, yeah. when and get, what have we talked about recently, right? Some of our favorite podcasts to make in the last, say, few months have been non-topic content where we sit almost, it's basically like we get together and hang out yeah, and oh, yeah. talk and it ends up being some of the better content that we've made. Now, I, I don't know if it's the better content for people to listen to because I know topics drive conversation, but certainly they've been fun for us to make those. And I mean, I just got a I just got a message on uh, on Discord from our our content that we made last week, and the the gentleman that was listening to it said he passed out underneath his table or something because he was laughing so hard <laughs> he didn't have enough air getting to his brain. <laughs> So, you know, and it was just because he, he was laughing about what we were, you know, the content and, and what we were talking about. I think it was something about the argument, the argument we were having about where your shoulder is. <laughs> that was part of what he thought was. Well, no, I, yeah, I remember that. You guys were being total assholes about that. But, yeah. <laughs> but you know, so that that brings up a good point, though, about about the difference between the two. You know, it's it's, you know, making content for the YouTube channel. I can't just turn on a camera and start bullshit right mm -hmm. but but this real i mean let's let's pull back the kimono guys we didn't know what the fuck we were going to talk about tonight when we hit record not a clue right? on the on this right. episode at for all sure. For but sure. but being in a group with this dynamic and and you know a group of friends where you can just literally turn on the camera and start talking i mean that's how much cooler does that get but that that's to my point percy i think you can do that for content creation i think you I think that's what I'm going to, that's what I'm, what I'm aiming for. I just think that we've, I think that for whatever reason we've put it in our minds that that, that that doesn't work. But I think if you can do it in some sort of story format that I think it does work because that's what I got out of uh, Casey Neistat. Right. So I was never a huge Casey Neistat fan, but in the last few months I've gone back and watched some of his content. Right. And if you just randomly pick out videos Every video that he has has a beginning and an end, and they're all mini stories. Every Just one of basic them. storytelling, but please don't make the mistake of, of not realizing that everything that Casey does is highly, highly planned. Oh, right. Right. That right. this isn't it is it's a very different thing than what we were just talking about, how we how we do this sometimes. 
Oh, right. I mean, no, he's, he, has a, he, has a, he has a process. He has a yep. plan. He knows exactly what he's going to do. Right. But what I'm what, what I know, what I was saying was, is that it, it's it's a story. Right. right. Every one of them is a story. So. So. Right. His are his are developed very much like what you what you'd expect to see on a storyboard. Like if exactly. you looked at it, yeah. look, look, if you went and looked at a storyboard of a filming process, that's probably exactly what he has. Right. Yep. And so that that's what I'm saying is that I think you can do that if you think about that and plan that out and say, OK, I'm going to do a moto vlog for these three seconds talking about this topic that's going to cut to me sitting on a park bench that's going to cut to you know me walking down the street i think it's that kind of thing you can tell you you can do the same thing but you can do it in a story format that's going to feed my creativity but tell a story about motorcycling that i want to convey because my i i don't want my content to deviate from motorcycling because that's what I started it as. And so I I'm not on the, I'm not on the fence. Like Tony said of getting hemmed in. I'm on the idea of what my content started as and what I want it to move to. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I agree with you. It's just, you know, unfortunately I'm not independently wealthy and don't have all data set around and plan stuff like that, that <laughs> out, you know, that's the other problem, right? It's, it's a, yep. it's a balancing of time between life and other people's lives and everything else you got going on. Yeah. And it's I'll a lot of what, work. All this you haven't started. If you haven't started a YouTube channel and you're listening, it's a lot of fucking work, people. It is a lot of work. It is a yeah, lot of fucking work. It looks easy when you're watching someone else do it, but when you have to yeah. start planning out videos, it's, yeah. See, and, and plus you fall down in these holes that you think that's going to make your channel better. Like mm-hmm. I felt, I fell down in the camera hole and, you know, <laughs> spent thousands and thousands of dollars on lenses and cameras and, and all this equipment thinking that, you know, the up the production value would make my videos better. No, they might've looked better, but they weren't any better because I didn't do anything to make them any better. Well, that Tony, that's one of the things that I liked most about your channel was your quality. You, you, you I mean, yeah, I know you spent all the money and you probably <laughs> have never been reimbursed back for all the thousands no, of dollars no. you spent, <laughs> but you, to me, it, I'm not saying people don't care when they use the stuff they have, but like you really, you really want to put the effort into it by spending all that money if you have it. Yeah. Cause I mean, this shit's expensive. And I mean, you get caught up into that stuff because you start watching some of these other guys out there, like your, your Peter McKinnon's and those guys that are using, you know, 10, $15,000 cameras and you're looking at their quality going, they're big because they have that quality and who, and who have mean? multiple people on their staff doing yeah, all the production exactly. and shooting yeah. and everything else, you know? And I'll tell you what, this fiber shooting through me like a 45, <laughs> <laughs> just saying way too much roughage tonight for dinner. But you know, the, I think the, the one thing that I would say just advice for people starting YouTube channels and, and it's, it's like everything else I think in, in creative industries, the, the equipment isn't it. Right. I, I, it kills it helps. me. It's it, a part. Yeah, it helps, but it kills me. I'll, I'll have people like going through images that I've captured over the years or whatever. And they're like, oh, what camera do you use? I don't know. I use like fucking 18 of them. I mean, what does that? It's not the, it's not the that one. Nikon. Right? Yeah, it's, the, it's the person. And yes, the, the one Nikon. That, they <laughs> that one Nikon. He's and that. He's that. He's that. And that's where he's I think Dustin has always really impressed me. I mean, with from the first time I saw your channel. Dustin, just the, the 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 creativity that you bring to everything that you do, even opening fucking hockey cards. You know, 
I mean, it's it's the creativity. It's not the equipment. It's not the gear. Yeah, that stuff kind of helps the things maybe look cleaner or whatever. But it, but it's the non it's that it's the non equipment stuff. It's the skill set. It's the vision. It's it's your creativity that really makes a difference. I'm a very good mimic. I'm not I'm not very good at coming up with my own shit. I'm gonna be honest. I'm not that creative. I'm very good at stealing other people's shit. You know what I mean? And and twisting it around and making you think that it's mine when it's really not. Uh but yeah, I'm just Dustin has that creativity. Ryan, Ryan's Ryan does it. You know, with yeah. some of his yeah. videos. I mean, I just I don't know. I just feel like I don't have it, but I don't know. Who knows? But you can buy it, Oprah. You can buy it. Yeah, you can buy it. <laughs> so I don't know where this is all going, but if you start a YouTube channel, don't get caught up in the numbers. Don't get caught up yeah. in the equipment. Do it, have fun, and see where it goes. And yeah. if you so, do it surrounding motorcycling, don't let it ruin motorcycling for you. Yes. No, no that's, yeah, that's one of the big point. things. We've talked about this before, too. Yeah. One of the reasons, one of the biggest reasons I quit because I wasn't having fun writing. No, I was too worried you about it. Like you need to be recording all the time. Yeah, I gotta have the fucking GoPro on, man. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm—I don't know about you guys. I'm already stressing out about the trip to FDBM. Why? Because you have to record it. Why are you stressed? Because I am gonna feel compelled to re- to get footage. And to be honest with you, I'll probably never do anything with the footage because this is the way it usually goes with me when I'm on trips. Okay, so you know, I but learned it's still a lesson. This pressure, you know. Hold on, I, I learned I learned a lesson from Dustin last year because Dustin murdered it last year. Yeah, he did in in social media and whatever. But what it what I learned from Dustin last year is it's not about it's about capturing moments and not about capturing a million Everything. pieces of content. Right? Yeah. Oh yeah. He yeah. just happened to have his fucking camera on every time there was a great moment to catch. Like Tony quitting the podcast randomly because his bike was dirty. Right. His bike got dirty and he told us all to eat a bag of dicks and he quit the podcast because his bike got dirty. And it was on camera looking back on it. It was one of the funniest things that he caught on camera. Right. But dude, for reasons I will not disclose on this show, I was giggling my ass off watching that in my hotel room the night before I went home. <laughs> I had a little help, but I, I'm just saying it. There's, it, it was. I, I learned that by watching kind of what Dustin did because if you guys saw any of the stuff that he posted on social media or any of the other things, it was about moments that captured a whole time frame that you could you got a, an idea of a feeling of a place and, and a people well, and an event and things that happened. And it was great. And so you cocksuckers caught all of my moments and fucking <laughs> all over shit. God damn it. <laughs> you had a, you had a lot of moments, Tony. I did you had a lot of moments. That's, I think I just shit in my chair. That's the, that's the approach There's that I'm going to, I'm going to try There's to take a- this year as we, we head out. Um, we'll see how it goes. I don't know. I'm I'm almost compelled to bring the camera and fire it up a little bit. You know, we're going to have some people that are coming from a long way, and I really want to show the people that don't come to this event what they're missing, because yeah. we know with some news we're going to be revealing, and uh, with what's going on at next year's FDBM for 23, this thing has potential yep. to be. Well, obviously, when this thing releases, though, it's going to be over. I mean, this well, is why I'm. This is why I'm stressing right now, guys. I, it's just, I mean, you know, I've, I've ordered cards. I just, uh, you know, because I, 
yeah, by the time this drops, everybody will know everything. But I'm just I'm super excited about this one. And, and it, to me, this is kind of a this is a very special moment for us. Well, let's wrap this you know? up and we can chat for a minute. Yeah. So before we leave, before before we end the show, does it make sense to start a motorcycle channel now in 2022? I think it makes sense. I think it makes sense to start your own channel. If motorcycle is your hobby, yeah. incorporate it into your channel. But make the channel your channel. And don't get caught up in the numbers. And don't get caught up in becoming YouTube famous. Mm. Yeah, you, you know what I mean? Do it for you. And if something becomes of it, great. If not, then you know what? It's a it's a fun hobby and you've you know, you have stuff to look back on. Mm -hmm. Those are words of wisdom from Tiny Cox. From Tiny Cox. <laughs> yeah, don't go don't go fucking chasing that YouTube revenue because yeah. it's not it's not too yeah. prestigious. Yeah. Yeah. No. Don't go <laughs> thinking you're getting rich with YouTube revenue. And the don't, stamp and costs don't watch, more money. Don't watch success that other people are having. Yes. Yeah. Do not do not go down that trap. No. Especially if you're an old fat guy, because you're you're, <laughs> you're not going to make it anyway. But you know. just I, do it I, for you. Really, I will. I will say this though, is that getting involved in the YouTube community, if it's surrounding whatever your hobby is, it's going to open doors. If you let it, it could open doors True. to potential relationships and friendships that you didn't have before. If you allow that to happen, that could be. I mean, for us, me specifically, I think it's the best part about it. It's the best result of it. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. In I mean, end, definitely, yeah. and this last thing I'll say on the subject, because I know we've got to wind up, but definitely <laughs> the, 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 that, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> the most valuable thing that I've gotten out of my YouTube channel is not the little bit of money that I made, which is anemic, but it's the fact that I've got friends and connections all over the world. Obviously, my, my most grateful thing that's come out of this is you guys. But, there are people that, that I'm in contact with that know me, that reach out to me from all over the world. And it happens almost every day, you yeah, know, and to me, that's, feelings. that's really, yeah, that's really the, the best I mean, thing. YouTube is the reason this podcast even exists. We would have <laughs> never met each other. I would have never met somebody North of the wall mm -hmm. <laughs> here in Louisville. Nope. And I would never have met the dwarf nail and trim. Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, it's the truth. <laughs> You'd have never met Dildo Baggins. <laughs> Dildo Baggins. <laughs> or the miraculous Merkin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, this was fun, guys. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us again on this Monday. We hope you're all having a great week. Had a great weekend. And until next time, we'll talk to you. Keep it dirty. Keep it dirty. Fuck off. Fuck off. <laughs> Buy some merch. Goodybikers.com. Buy merch. Jo jo join the Discord. <laughs> Tell the FTBM. If you haven't already, FTBM is gone. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> FTBM 2023. Justin's still in your There anus. you go. <laughs> I can't get out. Are you following the Bye Dirty Bikers? Find us on Facebook and look us up on Instagram and TikTok at 530 Bikers.